You see, people collect all kinds of things. New, old, priceless, worthless. Darling, it doesn't matter what. I simply must know why. Those mothballs shouldn't get to keep all the secrets. This is the Mothball Prophecies. Hello and welcome to the Mothball Prophecies. I'm Samantha Mashburn. And I'm Jill Huffman. And today we have the pleasure of sitting down with someone whose collections are sure to bring a smile to your face. She is one third of Three Daisies Vintage, Kayla Sunshine on Instagram as well as YouTube. Welcome to the show, Kayla Marcel. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here and talk about vintage. <laughs> we are so excited. And this is a rare midweek, midday. Yeah, I'm I'm happy we made it work. <laughs> Usually, Jill and I are not as um, put together for an interview. We're usually comfy in our jammies with some coffee. But I was able to leave work early today. And I just made sure everybody <laughs> did their shit so I could leave. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So thanks for saying, I'm glad we could make this work for you today. I'm so excited. Yeah, thank you. We came across your Instagram many moons ago um, when we started to kind of venture into the world of squeaks. But before we get to that, there was something interesting I also saw through your Instagram was you have two very special people that you kind of always pick with. And can you tell us a little bit about what, how you and your mom and your sister got into this whole thing? Yes. So about, I would say about eight years ago now, um, my mom's sister and I, we've always kind of, I personally have always been a collector, not just a vintage, but as a kid, I was a collector of toys. I collected Star Wars toys when I was little. Um, so I've always kind of had that and we kind of all, all did, but, um, so my mom's sister and I, they, um, we, we kind of decided we wanted to do like an antique store booth because we're like, Oh, that would be fun. Like we, we started collecting stuff and we started finding stuff and we're like, okay, so we'll do that. So we were in antique mall, probably the last like, um, five, like five ish years ago, six years ago. Um, and we actually, not to mention, we, we are from Arizona. We moved to Oregon about two years ago. Um, but yeah, so going back to Arizona, we decided to get that spot. And uh, we actually, my sister ended up being a manager at one of the largest antique malls in Arizona. Was and then like a brass I decided. Armadillo or something? It was actually, it's actually called Merchant Square. And it's in Chandler, Arizona. And that's where we actually used to live. Okay. Um, and I ended up being a cashier and my mom was a dealer. So we kind of, we just <laughs> nice. were all kind of, yeah, we were all kind of there all the time. So um, kind of when it came down to it, the only reason why we left um, that antique mall is because my, da- uh, my dad got a job transfer and he could choose anywhere in like the Pacific Northwest area. So it was Oregon, Northern California, Washington. Um, so that like, those were the options, I guess. Um, and we had been vacationing here in Oregon for the last like five or six years. And we actually through Instagram, funny enough, um, we met so many friends and people and we got to kind of meet with them these past years. So when we moved here, we were happy because we had friends kind of already, you know, that were here. (laughs) Right. Um, yeah. So, uh, so we moved here two years ago or uh, yeah, two years ago this past August. And, um, we were kind of just collecting, and like getting our house organized when we moved here, unloading our tr- the trucks that we brought and everything <laughs> like that. And we're like, oh my gosh, we have a lot of stuff, like that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> so as we like put up our shelves and everything, we're like, you know, we can't 
like store all this. We, we, we are kind of those people that want to enjoy it and like see it all the time and not just keep it like boxed up in a way. Um, so we're like, well, especially me and my sister, like, why don't we just open a shop, like a vintage shop, then we can just do it together all the time. And so we kind of, so not to mention we moved here, we're deciding that and then COVID hit. And then, um, you know, had to go through that and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and oddly enough, so we looked in Portland, we looked in Oregon City, um, just local areas around like the Portland area. And uh, we found this little town called Aurora. And it's it's actually just seven minutes away from where we live. Oh, um, wow. So we it's a nice, just a nice little drive. Um, but we stumbled upon the town kind of... Um, right before we moved here on our last vacation here. And it's a really cute downtown of like about 20 vintage shops. And um, so it's kind of cool. Yeah. And we saw this um, shop that was empty. So we went next door and we asked the neighbors, we're like, Oh, do you know if this is for rent or anything? And they're like, Oh no, um, go to the museum. The museum rents the building. So um, we went to the museum. My mom said, is this available? And, they're like, oh, no, actually, it just got rented out, so it's not here. And um, there was no sign in the window or anything, so we were just kind of assuming that right. it was going to be up for rent. Um, so they're like, no, it's not available. So my mom said, can we leave our name and our phone number just in case something falls through, which, of oh course, it did fall through. So uh, we just, yeah, so we signed the lease literally kind of right before COVID hit. So um we couldn't technically open till like June is when we opened of last year. So we kind of started, yeah, we started right, right. The head boots on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. So we had luckily, so we signed it in, I think March. So it was, yeah, right. Like a week before something like COVID hit. And, um, so we kind of got, I I guess it was nice because we kind of got time to like really make it what we wanted. And so with those friends that we had in Oregon already here, um, we're like, Hey, do you want to be vendors in our new, we're going to open a vintage shop and everything. And all of them were like, Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> so they all, they all moved in and, um, it's, yeah, it's just, it's been going great. Um, that's kind of just where it's gotten us, I guess. So with the wow. main question is how we started and that's kind of how we are now. So <laughs> right. Just, just kind of, well, and I feel like going too with COVID happening, right? And everybody kind of, um, you kind of had to dig deep, right? To find something that you were going to do if you were not working. Mm-hmm. Yes. Jill's a nurse. So that's yeah. why I have to <laughs> include that caveat. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> yeah, it was, a, it was a way of just going like, all right, let's peel away all of the extra like stuff that's around us and see what we want to get to. And passions quickly came to the top, right? Of like, well, I guess we're going to do this. What else are we going to do? And yeah. as you were explaining it and you said it, I was like, what a perfect time to set it up exactly how you want it to be. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, no, we were so happy with that. But what so. a climate change for y'all. Very, very. Um, uh, not Arizona being the blazing hot state <laughs> it is, you know, the 100 degree weather and dry heat. It's very warm. And we're kind tarantulas of sick of it. and I, scorpions. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm 22 now. I'm going to be 23 in two weeks. But um so I've lived in Arizona my whole life. Wow. So, I mean, it was a big, big change, not to mention, like, my mom's from California, Southern California. My dad's actually from Wisconsin. So um, he didn't, he wasn't too thrilled about, like, the cold climate kind of again. <laughs> um, but he's he's gotten used to it and everything. But when we moved here, again, like, 
Oregon, it got hit with this, the terrible fires that happened mm-hmm. last year. Um, they were pretty close to us. Um, we didn't have, look, thank God we didn't have to leave. Um, but I know several people did have to get evacuated and a lot of people lost their homes. Mm. And um, earlier this year in February, there was actually terrible ice storms then um, that hit. It did hit our area really bad and we lost power for like five days or something like that. Oh, and yeah, and even Aurora, we couldn't open that for about 12 days, I think, wow. because the power there was out for longer. So it was, yeah, it was a definite change in weather, like. For the worst. Yeah, we live in southeastern Idaho. And okay. uh, it is, it's similar, not necessarily in the wet part of Oregon, but the extreme mm-hmm. weather changes here. Yeah. Really hot summers and dry summers. So we have lots of wildfires here. If actually, right mm-hmm. now, our air quality for the past probably six or seven weeks has been listed as unhealthy. Like it just mm-hmm. looks like a bar outside all the <laughs> yeah. time. But yeah, so I, I can um, I can empathize with that, like where you're just like, well, we're out of power and because of snow yeah. and ice and yuck. Yeah, that's a big change. And then especially I grew up in, the, I've lived in the same place my entire life, right? And I, mm-hmm. I could not imagine moving to somewhere so completely different than what I grew up in. Yeah. That yeah. would be, that would be hard. But did you, when you grew up, I mean, your mom has to be a collector to like, by proxy, pass it on to you and your sister, right? <laughs> yeah. We kind of all, like I said, we all kind of did it at once. It was very odd. Um, but my mom's um, uncles were actually antique dealers at one time. And they used to sell it like the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. And like, oh. like we're coin dealers and mm-hmm. like art dealers, um, that kind of thing. Um, but my grandma, she passed away about 10 years ago. But right before she passed away, she had like, like old stuff. And she's like, oh, why don't you sell this like when I'm gone and stuff like that? And my mom's like, no, let's, let's sell it now. And like, like live it up kind of why she's still here with us. And kind of just a couple years after, then we started going like, Oh, like we wouldn't step foot in a goodwill like 10 years ago, but Mm -hmm. then we're like, Oh, let's, let's start going to goodwill and let's go to the thrift stores and stuff like that. And it just kept building and building. So it kind of just went towards that. And you know, the goodwill thing is, Interesting, because we've come across that a couple times, right? Like, because I grew up going to Goodwills and DIs and all of those things. Mm-hmm. And so did Jill. And we've come, I, it's strange to see the other side of that to where people are like, I've never been to one of these before. And I'm like, what? Yeah. How did you? Because it was just like, my mom was always a picker and a collector. And so was my grandma. And it was like, that's where you go to find the stuff that people don't want anymore. Yeah. To like check it out. Yeah. And it's like Mecca. You're like, today mm-hmm. I was very upset. My The Goodwill released their Halloween, right, to the world today. Oh, yeah. And I had a minute. I, it's like a block away from my work. I had 30 minutes and I went. The parking lot was full and oh. there were probably 30 people in line and their carts were filled oh. with Halloween. And I just turned around oh. and walked out. <laughs> yeah. Halloween That's is my favorite. I mean... Yeah, and I was just like, "Well, I'm gonna go get some sushi then, since now I'm sad. <laughs> Let's go get some sushi." Yeah. Well, and of course, I love that your mom has that background in it too, of kind of always being around pickers mm-hmm. and people that are looking at stuff to sell stuff, because that's kind of where that bug initially starts. And then, when did the road trips for vintage start for you guys? Because I want a ticket to that. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. Um, I would say. I mean, we've always kind of went to like flea markets and stuff like that. Um, but we were very close to California, Southern California. So we would drive, this is probably, 
think like 2016 ish mm-hmm. when it was like hardcore. Um, but we would drive out, we'd get up at the crack of dawn at like maybe even earlier, like two or three in the morning. And my dad would drive us to California and he could get there like five and a half, six hours from where we were to like Pasadena or something like that. Oh, wow. And so we would, we would go and we'd get there at like eight o'clock in the morning or whenever it opened and get the early bird thing and go in there. And yeah, we would just shop until we were done and we would just keep going then then we would drive home that same day so it was very quick turnaround and we would do that like sometimes two or three times a month wow holy cow what were you so what was everybody looking for in particular when you guys would go to these because i'm sure everybody has a little bit of a different collection they pine after Mm -hmm. what was everybody's like we got to find this so of course me um i (laughs) vintage toys (laughs) all this stuff yeah um, the vintage squeak toys, of course, um, the rubber face toys. And I really like like figurines and like salt and pepper shakers. I collect really cutesy stuff like that. Um, and my mom pretty much, she collects really similar things to me. She'll collect like figurines and she likes old, like children, like advertising and stuff like that. Like we really like kitschy, cute toys. Mm-hmm. Um, and my sister, she kind of started when she was younger, she, she had like a poodle room, like a pink poodle room. And, um, so she kind of started with that, like collecting like cute poodles and very pink stuff and mm-hmm. like girly, like, you know, like hair accessories and stuff like that. And then she's kind of gotten into like old metal signs, like advertising and stuff like that. And, um, my mom also really likes old grocery store stuff, mm-hmm. um, like Woolworths and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. Um, my dad, he doesn't really collect too much. He just kind of went along. <laughs> He's just your chauffeur. <laughs> He's a groupie, Um, a vintage groupie. So are our husbands. Yeah. 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 No, he's a really good sport about it. And like, I'll go out even on my days off at the store or something like that with him and he'll drive me somewhere I want to go or something far. Yeah. So it's fun. It's so much fun doing it all together. Yeah. And it's the thrill of the chase, right? You really never know Mm -hmm. what you're going to come across. And it's, you know, always waiting for somebody to not know what a Russian is or what, you know, a Mm -hmm. Mobley is or sun rubbers and stuff like that to be like, sure. Yeah. $5 sounds great to me. You got anything else you're getting rid of in the back (laughs) of that van or. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So when did, when did the, the squeak toys and rubber toys start for you? Like, where did you first learn of them as a collectible? Actually, my mom got the first squeak toy. So she got one of the little people ones. And um, I just, I call them people squeaks. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she, um, she got the first one. And then I actually pretty much started collecting um, like old TV memorabilia. That's what I really started with kind of at first. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I started collecting dream pets, those little like sand filled oh, like toys. Yeah. Oh, they're like pop toys. So cute. Um, yeah, I had like a bunch of those and then I just kind of started getting squeaks and stuff and like finding them a lot more. Um, and I mean, I'm hardcore squeaks, I would say, um, what I collect, but I also like the rubber faces and I kind of mm-hmm. got on the rubber face train a little bit later than the squeak toys, obviously. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's kind of what, I don't know. That's what I'm about. Yeah. Well, they're adorable, right? Squeak toys are just, I found my very first one 
Was it last year, Jill, that I found that cute little bear? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was in an estate sale. I just saw him and he was just a sad little rubber bear. And he's not, he has a metal button on the back, but I can't remember what his maker is. He's not a sun rubber or like anything like that, but Mm -hmm. he just sits upstairs and he's darling. Cause I love, and then when I first learned of like a rushed in Santa, I was like, oh my God, I need one of those. (laughs) I need an army of rushed in Santas (laughs) on my mantle. I just, my favorite thing about like anthropomorphic things or like rubber stuff is just, there are the quintessential, what we call stupid little idiots, right? (laughs) You look at them close enough and you're like, what's going on with your face? But then like at a glance, you're like, oh, yeah, you're like, buddy, look at how cute you are. (laughs) And I was, you know, I was thinking back to like childhood and stuff. And I was like, did anybody around me have anything like that? And no, my family, they were not vintage toy collectors at all when you were looking for another thing too i was surprising about the old tv stuff what were you looking for in particular with the tv memorabilia um you know i first got off i think one day after school i literally i turned on tv and my mom was in the room and stuff with me and the brady bunch was on and i of course heard of the brady bunch so i was just like oh i'll just turn that on (laughs) and she was kind of telling me how she used to watch it all the time and how she had a crush on peter brady and stuff like that (laughs) Mm -hmm. and um, so I, I watched it and I'm, I, I like whatever episode I watched a lot. And, um, I kind of started just collecting. I, I mean, I would get the DVDs and I would watch the, the whole series and stuff like that. And I would just look for like a lot of the TV shows, they would come out with, like comic books or like, just like paper kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started collecting that and then I got really into like the Partridge family and David Cassidy. So I'd buy their records and stuff like that. Um, happy days, all sorts of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but you went down the TV fell... land funnel of shows. Oh yeah. <laughs> like hardcore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but funny enough too, like a quick story. I'm, I've always kind of been like a nerd about again, like star Wars and like certain movies and oh, TV yeah. shows. And, um, I had, we were on the Warner brothers lot doing like one of the little studio tours. And I had Googled kind of, cause they still have, the facades of all the old TV show houses like oh, Bewitched wow. and everything. Cool. Um, and, and it's actually, it's right down the street from the Warner Brothers lot in Burbank, which my family and I have been going there for like 10 or 12 years just on vacation too. Um, but right down the street, it's called Warner Warner Ranch, um, which is Warner Brothers Ranch. And sad part is real quick too, they, they actually just sold it, the oh. lot. So they're going to eventually take it down. But um, so I figured that the old TV show houses were still on that lot. So at the regular Warner Brothers tour, I said, hey, do you know, like I asked one of the tour guys, and I'm like, do you know how to get onto that lot? Because I know they have all the old TV shows there and stuff like that, all the houses. And he's like, well, and it was a Saturday. He's like, well, if you just, to be honest, he said, they're not really doing anything today. They usually film during, you know, Monday through Friday. And it was Saturday. So he said, you should just try to walk up there. And just see kind of like what's going on. Wow. I'm like, I'm like that's odd for a worker to go. <laughs> Seems suspicious. To, like, I'm going to get arrested now. <laughs> yeah. So um, my family and I, we parked in this little like um, restaurant area in that same little walking distance, I guess. And we walked ourselves up to the gate. And, you know, when you drive by, you can, you can kind of like see that it's something back there, mm-hmm. but you can't like take a full good look at it. Um, so there was a lady at the little, um, what do you like a drive through box that would check in people's names and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And 
we're like, you know, like uh, somebody told us that we could come over here and like see if like you could take us on a little tour or something like that. And like, I kid you not, she just, she kind of was like looking around like this and stuff. And she was like, okay, let's make it quick though. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my goodness. Okay. Um, so she calls another attendant guy or whatever to watch her post. And she took us all around the whole neighborhood of all wow. the old TV shows. And it's when they had the original Friends Fountain there. And it had been used in like the monkeys and stuff like the old TV shows. So that was still there. Before. They just took that to the main lot now. But um, it was amazing. So it's kind of made me fall in love with it even more. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where that whole TV thing went. It just kept going after that. And then I got into toys. And so, yeah. Now I'm into 80s movies. I'm I'm a freak about 80s movies now. I just love that. So I just love history, I guess. Yeah. Well, and do you um, do you watch those old shows now and like do what I do where I like I'm looking for vintage in the background. I'm not even paying yes. attention to the show. I'm just like <laughs> For sure. What's hiding? My mom's a my mom's a big I Love Lucy fan and we were watching and um little Ricky was playing with a squeak toy. And we're like, oh my gosh, she has like one of the old squeak toys. So yeah, we'll totally do that. Oh, I see. I love when that happens. My husband hates it because I'll go, oh, that's an Eames chair. Oh, I go, wow, that's a really rare piece of glass. And he's like, would yeah. you shut up? <laughs> I'm like, no. So what 80s movies do you love? Because now we got a common thread between you and Jill. Oh, gosh. Um, okay, so... My mom lived during the 80s and she was like the prime. She was like 21 and 85 in 1985. And I'm like, if I could just do that, like I would go back in time right now. Um, but um, I'm a huge fan of like the Brat Pack and like I, I really like Rob Lowe. Um, I like Michael J. Fox. I'm a big Back to the Future fan, too. Oh, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. And my favorite actor probably I feel like ever now, but at the moment is actually Val Kilmer. Oh and yeah. He, he, yeah, he was so cute in the movies and stuff like that, of course. But like, I just watched top gun and like him and Batman, um, forever. And mm-hmm. I just like adored him in his movies. And I've just kind of, I read his book now and I'm reading a magazine he's in like that kind of thing. So I just kind of like, I don't know. I just like nerd out and I want to find out about everything. And I'm a big lost boys fan. Oh yeah. Um, that's a I good really, one. really love that movie. Yeah. So, I mean, those are just, yeah, those are just some of my favorite actors and 80s movies. And, yeah, it's, well, it's it, hardcore. <laughs> and wasn't there a documentary that just came out with Val Kilmer? Was it on Apple TV? It's yeah. on Amazon Prime. Oh, there we yeah. go. Yeah, I just, yes. somebody posted it and they were like, I didn't really care for Val Kilmer before this, but now I'm like in love with him. I know. You yes. watch those documentaries thinking, uh, mm-hmm. and then you're like, holy shit, you're like the most fascinating person ever right now. Yeah. And I loved Val- yes. Batman Forever, like watching that. I was like, wow, he's so hot. <laughs> How do you think I feel? Uh, there you go. There you go. He's very cute. I liked him in Eyes Iceman. That was, and, mm-hmm. and Doc Holliday. Tombstone's one of my favorite movies, too. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. Well, th- yeah, that's the stuff like we grew up watching in my house. Like There was always some 80s action movie on in my house growing up. I'm the only girl. I have three brothers. And so it was just kind of like if I was in the living room, I was just like held hostage by action and video games and... <laughs> Well, that's how it is now with my husband because, I mean, he grew up in the 80s too, but he didn't watch those kind of movies. Like when Predator and Aliens come on, I'm like, yeah. And he's like, I've never seen this. I was like, sit your ass down. How does he never see? You're getting a history lesson right now. Those are like (laughs) quintessential. 
Uh, he was only really allowed to watch like Little House on the Prairie. Oh my God, we have the same husband. <laughs> this seriously, this is the same thing. Like, I will be sitting down to watch something or listen to something, and my husband's like, "I don't know what this is," and I'm like, "Oh, I know." I child. introduced Ethan to all of like '80s metal bands, hair bands, yes, like everything, and then he tried to school me with country, and I was like, "No, <laughs> no, thank you." <laughs> Pass. See, yeah, my, my mom was living near. Um, the LA area in the 80s so oh, her and her man. best friend like like she was a fan of like Molly Crew and yeah. like Kiss and stuff like that and <laughs> she had the the big hair and stuff like oh, that yeah. and of course like now I'm like oh my gosh that's so cool like that kind of thing <laughs> like you know it's like parents or kids sometimes don't think their parents are cool I think mine are really cool See, so that's the um, they lived yeah they lived during some really cool times and I wish I could have but um yeah it's fun because I'll be like I'll learn about something. I'm like, did you know this? Like about like Val Kilmer or something? And they're like, no. And I'm like, you lived it. Like you didn't know that. Yeah. How did um, you not know this? Well, I can tell you that 80s hair is still alive and well in parts of Idaho. It is. Some Uh of them I'm, whoa. Some of them I style. Some of them Jill treats. (laughs) (laughs) I'll have some women that'll sit down and they go, I've been to lots of places. Do you know how to feather hair? And I go, and then I usually will like pull up a picture, be like, is this the feathering you're after? And they go, yes. <laughs> How did you know? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I got you. Yeah. I got you. I, w- I wish I had 80s hair. I dress like 80s sometimes, but I can't get the hair down. You got to have My more layers. Still- you got to have. Yeah. Yeah. Like they got to start She's at four still- inches and then work their way down. <laughs> Yeah, my mom literally gets the most compliments on her hair out of all of us, I think, because she still, I mean, she still has a lot of volume in her hair, but mm-hmm. she does her hair like very good and it kind of reminds me of the 80s still, but yeah. Well, like just from like as a hairdresser looking at your hair, you could do it. Throw some curls in there. You got to back home until your arms get tired and then you just got to do it a little yeah. bit more. Yeah. And then yeah. you have to get rid of your professional hairspray and go get some Aquanet or some Rave. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, Rave. That is, you might as well skip straight to got to be glued also if you want some staying power. I remember I could take my ponytails out and it'd still be a ponytail Mm -hmm. because of all that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The goal is really a shell over (laughs) uh, (laughs) your head. Running your hand through it. Yeah. I remember unearthing my aunt who I work with. She's also a hairdresser. Her high school picture and we don't have a lot of hair as a family. It's not something that we got. And I, I went, where did this come from? She goes, it was permed. And then out peeking just around her corner was a rat tail tied in a pink barrette. Yes. And Good I was job. like, proud wow. of you. Proud of you for <laughs> going all the way in. Because, yeah, we had like the same things growing up like you did, collecting the different toys and Star Wars figurines and those types of things in our houses. And the stuff that I kind of just gravitated towards which is why i think i just like weird things at this age because how else was it supposed to start other than weird toys do you so when did it start to change into i mean because for the listeners who don't know who you are it's not like you have like three squeak toys that's um no no (laughs) yeah i i so we had actually um right before we moved to arizona we had um I'm drawing a blank. What the name? I think Vintage Style Magazine. I think I don't know if they still have that. You know how there's like flea market decor. I think mm-hmm. it's called flea market. Yeah, market style. That's what it was. Um, she asked to do an article, kind of about like our collections and stuff. And oh wow! She's like, okay. 
she said, can you, can you count them for me? I'm like, oh, oh okay. You need to bring in like the people they have do Hobby Lobby with the like yeah. calculators on yeah. their hip. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I did because of course I'm just like, okay, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to. You're like, sure, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> so at that point, that was 2019, about kind of like 2018, 19, I think it was. Um, and I had about 500 then. So I, it's been two years. Um, <laughs> so I think I'm. I think I'm hitting probably the 700 now or 800. So yeah, it's, I'm not even facing the big wall that I like to say, but, um, so is this your, front of me. is this your bedroom? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. So okay. So yeah. Is the rest of the house like this too? Like does ever, do you guys just only cause I love that I'm a maximalist collector at the core of my yeah. being. Yes. We are hardcore. So <laughs> like, yeah, it's different kind of, of course this is the, squeak squeak toy room but um my sister she still has like the pink cutesy stuff and mm-hmm. like so that's her whole room and then my mom's bedroom's pink as well and then um she has she has like an elephant ride on flying in the air like that kind of thing so wow it's awesome. it, it's it's a cool house but the thing is like our friends and stuff like that friends my age or something like because I'm again I'm 22 they'll come in and they're just like what is wrong with you <laughs> like that kind of thing um, so it's kind of hard to explain to younger people, especially mm-hmm. my age that don't collect vintage or anything mm-hmm. like, yeah, this, 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 um, stuffed animal is worth a thousand dollars. Like, and they're all like, no, it's not. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, my mom's friends actually in town and she's like, I want to see Kayla's room because she's heard about it. And she, she's on, follows me on Instagram and she was just like, oh my gosh, like, so but then when people that actually collect vintage stuff that we know from instagram or know about my room like they're like oh my gosh like this is the Mm -hmm. best like that kind of thing um but otherwise it's just yeah i mean this is normal to me like people that i don't know if i'll show my collection they're like don't don't all those eyes freak you out like don't they all scare you and i'm like no no I wouldn't fill a room full of stuff that scared me i mean some people do but you know right I, i love them I don't think they're creepy. I mean, there's a difference between like a scary doll and these kind of dolls, you know? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Very true. Well, and you do have, you have a lot of, I want to know like your process of picking a squeak now, because like what, what makes it, what passes the bar to get into Kayla's bedroom as a permanent (laughs) collection? Well, you know, yeah, that's hard because you, I have to then think of all the ones that if there are ones that I don't have. So Mm -hmm. I have to think about that. Um, that's kind of part of the reason why we got the store too, is because we had like overflow and like, I would see like a squeak or something. And I'm like, I have this, but I know somebody else will like this. So I would buy it. And then now it's kind of been like a resale thing too. And I'll kind of like shuffle through mine sometimes mm-hmm. if I like, oh, I don't really need this one anymore. Or if I find like a better condition one or something like that. Um, but yeah, it's just, I mainly look for ones that are in boxes now mm-hmm. and like prototypes. So okay. like old, old molds and stuff like that. And I saw that Kate was on, um, one of the episodes yes. and I'm, I, Kate's a good friend of mine and I've been to her house and stuff like that and seen her collections too. So she of course understands me. Um, so when I say like, Oh, like, cause she bought the Mobley estate and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, um, I've bought several prototypes and stuff from her and any ones I see in a package really now, I just buy because they're impossible to find in the cardboard oh, yeah. or the plastic. Right. So. Yeah, because they were children's toys, right? I don't think I've ever opened yeah. one of my son's toys and went, hold on a minute. 
<laughs> Don't you throw that Hot Wheels box away. <laughs> I know. Yeah. But well, I, okay, let me double back on that. Before we started this podcast, I didn't. But now I buy something that's a popular item and I look at it and I go, do I open you? Are you going to betray me in 40 years when you are like popular? <laughs> or you just buy yeah. two of them and just be like, here, you can play with this one. And this one is going to go in mm-hmm. the shelf. Yeah. I know people that do that too, that will buy two of each, like, like new stuff too. Like, but when we were little, I, I, I was, I was a rotten toddler. Um, <laughs> but, uh, my sister collected brat dolls and like, she would collect like certain ones and boxes and like limited edition, like 2004 ones, like mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And I just, I don't even remember how old like, I could, I didn't do the math, but, um, I found scissors that were on my dad's desk. Oh, Kayla. And I decided I wanted to be a hairstylist. Um, That's the gateway drug. Went, yeah, a Barbie doll. Yeah. yeah. I went into her room and got her box. She had some out of the box and in the box. And I got them all. Oh. So, and I gave them all, I put them in a little stylist chair she had and I gave them all a new do. So. What were you supposed yeah. to do? I mean. They were I know, there. I, I, I took, again, with the box thing, I took them all out of the box not thinking that's valuable or anything like that yeah so (laughs) now does that a fun little story does that (laughs) sit heavy in you now you go oh man oh yeah yeah Yeah. it's that uh yeah i had recently speaking of children who know not what they do i recently found a uh lucite jewelry box at an estate sale and it had the tray inside of it. It's like, I can't remember what the name is. It's like Hollywood something, right? And it's like faceted lucite. Looks like a gemstone. And I had it set up stairs on my fireplace and had it with some other stuff that needed to come downstairs to our resale section. <laughs> oh, my God. And the other day, and it had the tray in it with the original felt. Okay, let's just put that in your bonnet. <laughs> and I'm tidying my house the other day and I open it and my toddler lovingly put two Roma tomatoes in the top and smashed the lid shut. Oh, wow. And I opened it and I just started like laughing hysterically because I was like, of of course, of course. And so I said to Marco Polo to my friends and I, if you want to know what it's like to have a toddler and I just flipped the camera (laughs) (laughs) and they were just, and there's, there was no room in the top for Roma tomatoes, but he made them fit. No, I mean, I was impressed by his strength to Mm -hmm. squish them in there. Yeah. Luckily, I caught them before they started to go bad. Um, But the one thing that I was able to do, even though it's a little sad, is the tray is still fine. And the the felt and the paper came out in one fell swoop. So, Well, there's that. R.I.P. That guy made it a long time until it came to my house. I I always feel (laughs) that, too, like something that's like you know, vintage. And then it's like made this journey and then it gets into my hands and I drop it. I'm mm. like, sorry. This yeah. was your end. I, I, was your, <laughs> I was your vintage Grim Reaper. I'm I sorry. Know. Yeah. And I didn't even know it. <clears throat> when we had upstairs yeah. is not a, really any of my breakables anymore because of toddler tornado. And when he was, I would say probably between 13 and 18 months old. You have those walkers, right? They can run around in. And we built this like PVC barricade around my Victorian hutch because he was like a battering ram because we have hardwood floors, right? So there's nothing to slow him Mm -hmm. down. So people would come over and they'd be like, what is that? And I was like a stopper (laughs) for my child before he hits my fine china straight on. So you got to do what you got to do. You do. Yeah. You do have to do. Do you, uh, okay, so tell me about some of your favorite squeaks that you currently have in your collection. 
I know it's like picking it. I know she was like, oh gosh. (laughs) I get that question. I don't even know how many times. Um, I, as a whole, I would say I love the people squeaks again. Mm -hmm. Um, There's uh, one in particular that was made by a certain brand called Alan J. And they refer to her as Babs. And she's probably, so if, yeah, somebody knows exactly who I'm talking about probably, but um, I really like that one. And then also um, there was a company called Sun Rubber that mm-hmm. produced um, a lot of the toys. And I really liked, they came out with really cute bears that were like posable. Um, they came in different colors and stuff. I have, I have four of them um, right now. Um, I have like a white one, a light pink, a brown, and then I have a Canadian version that's brown as well. Oh, wow. So um, I'd probably say those. So yeah, those would probably be my top ones. But yeah, the... And it, it kind of, I don't know. I'm very, again, with the question of what I'm looking for still, I'm very picky now because not only I have a lot, but about price too. Mm-hmm. I, I've always been really cheap. So um, my whole family is, that's kind of how, <laughs> how we're able to do our business. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we like to buy lower and then like uh, like sell like at a good price still, sure. like not like extremely mm-hmm. high and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but those bears... I haven't paid more than I would say $80 for one, but they can sell upwards to like $500 each sometimes. So those probably are another reason I like them a lot because they're more expensive, I guess. Right. They do well when you resell them because you Mm -hmm. guys, you do some Instagram live sales, right? Yes. Yes. What are some, what are some tips you have for people that want to do vintage sales on Instagram? Do you have any Um, like starter tips or I feel like it's such a new thing. It is. And I actually, I started, um, I think September or October last year with my live sales. Mm-hmm. Um, and then earlier this year, I kind of started seeing like another person do it and like another person do it. I'm like, Oh, I think I started something. Um, but yeah, no, it always kind of been to where people would make a post and have like a price and mm-hmm. then you just claim it or whatever in the comments. And I'm like, well, why don't, why isn't it live? So many people go live now. Mm-hmm. So why don't we do that? So I was just in our shop one night and I'm like, I'm going to do a live sale. Like you can buy stuff live, you know? So I just kind of, I just propped up my camera on like a little box and we have a little, we used to have a little corner in the back of our store called the kitschy corner. Mm. And we'd, we'd have like squeaks and like planters and stuff like that. And I I did very well that night. And I just was like, wow, like, I think I'm going to start doing that, you know? Cause it's Mm -hmm. just, we kind of figured out too in our store, um, kitschy stuff takes a very certain customer mm-hmm. and a lot of those customers on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of why I decided to do that too on there. Um, cause we like in our store, we do better with like rusty, like metal stuff and like signs and like farmhouse old stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we do better with that kind of thing there. So I'm like, let's just do the live sales. And my mom and sister always are in the back and they help me and, um, yeah, it just, it went very well. So it just continues. And so like w- with what your question was about how people get started, it literally, I'm not, I, cause there's a, um, I know there's an Instagram net, like a shopping network, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're like a big group. It's like ISN um, that, or something, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, they asked me if I wanted to do that, but I just kind of wanted to do my, my own, um, thing, but, uh, that's very popular now and they all do live sales a lot too. Um, so you could either ask to be part of that, um, mm-hmm. 
I don't, you'd have to find one of the, the members or something on there. Um, but if you just want to do it yourself, you could just, you know, because I do it on my personal account, which is mm-hmm. not like necessarily a, like the stuff I post isn't necessarily for sale unless I say it's for sale, that kind right. of thing. Um, so you just kind of, you can say I'm doing either a live sale and mm-hmm. just on Instagram, I find it to be a lot easier on Instagram than on any other platform like Facebook or YouTube or anything like that. Um, it's just a lot of skips like or steps you don't have to take, I guess it's a lot easier yeah. on Instagram. So, I mean, it's just simple. You can just pop on a live and then people will claim in the comments and then they just DM you their email, their PayPal email, and you can get their address and stuff and just ship it off. That's cool. And then, yeah. then the other thing is just posting and you don't have to be live. Some people are kind of different about like not wanting to show their face and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. which is understandable. So they can just do the posting um, as a regular Instagram post and just say, you can DM me. Yeah. Do you do like set prices on your lives or are they like auction based lives? I do. I do a set price. It's just, it's a lot less time consuming for sure to have one price because Mm -hmm. yeah, some of the other lives I see take like sometimes four or five hours. Oh yeah. And that's, that's too long for me (laughs) even just to sit in front of the camera for, Mm -hmm. um, but let alone the people that are actually shopping. So I just like to keep it under an hour try to do like 45 minutes top every time yeah so yeah no those are some we got other things to do (laughs) (laughs) right those are some great little vintage tips of the week that you shared that's yeah because it yeah it's a whole new world out there on the instagram you know selling platform as it is right now and i'm sure that will just keep changing because you know facebook owns instagram Mm -hmm. and they've already changed the way marketplace works i wouldn't be surprised if there was an instagram marketplace that came yeah sometime soon Speaking of that, before we get into today's estate sale walkthrough, Kayla, where can our listeners find all of your goodness online? So on my personal Instagram account, that's Kayla Sunshine 32. So that's just my kind of like sweet toy collection and all like my finds, I guess. And then you can also follow um, my mom's sister and I own a vintage shop in downtown Aurora, Oregon. And our store is called Three Daisies Vintage. Um, And then on Instagram, it's at Three Daisies Vintage. And then if you want to see my mom and sister's accounts, they also have, they also have personal accounts. Uh, my mom is at mid-century mama. And then my sister's at max Skittles. So like, <laughs> those are cute. So, yeah. Awesome. And then we also, I just created a YouTube page or YouTube channel a few weeks ago and I'm slowly trying to figure that out. Um, I'm not doing the best job as mm-hmm. I can, but I'm trying to figure out the new platform again. Yeah. You have to learn everything. YouTube's a whole nother so, world. Oh gosh, it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying with that, but so far that's, and then Facebook, of course, three days he's vintage, but yeah, that's about, that's about it. Wonderful. And of course we will have all of those listed on our Instagram as well as our website, themothballprophecies.com. Right now it's time for my favorite part of the show. And not mine. Jill's resignation part of the show. <laughs> for those of you that are new to us this week, every week on the Mothball Prophecies, we do an estate sale walkthrough. It started as a uh, improv thing in episode one, and we've just kept it going, and here we are. Each week, we write up an estate sale walkthrough that is specific to the guest that week. All of the items in the sale are real and do exist somewhere in the world. But the scenarios and the places are all made up. This is not an estate sale you can actually attend. And if you did, check your temperature because you're probably in a coma. (laughs) All right. (laughs) 
Today, we are in sleepy seaside, Oregon. Of course, we had to come visit your shop. We're going to shop a little bit, hit it up. We rented one of those Mercedes touring vans because we have you, your mom, your dad, everybody's with us. We're hopping in. We are heading to the coast because there is a Darling Beach House estate. And there are three main areas that we have to hit, okay? We have the house, of course, the shed, and the garage. And if you've been picking for any amount of time, you know that the last two hold some treasures. Oh, man. First up is the home's master bathroom. It is decorated to the hilt, and the estate sale company just stuck stuck tags on where it hung. They did not pull anything off the walls (laughs) because there was too much stuff in this house. First, we have vintage anthropomorphic chalkware fish... Chalkware mermaids or pink and blue Lucite vanity set complete with brushes and a mirror. Now, what are you going to pick, Jill? You got one of the options. You mean after I give you my resignation mm-hmm. letter? Mm-hmm. I don't know, Sam. I'm sorry. I hate you. Ooh, maybe uh, the mermfish. Mer- Fish. The fish? You're going with the fish. Oh, God, no, the mermaids. All right, Kayla. You're responsible for picking one of the options. You can decide your own loopholes, but we will not help you. So I can't pick mermaids? Nope. You Well, you guys you can, can fight to the death. You can pick mermaids. We'll leg wrestle oh. for them. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll take the fish. Fish sound good, too. Okay. I am going to go with the pink and blue Lucite vanity set, because I'm recently obsessed with Lucite. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of jump. Also, that. my career choice makes it an obvious like collection, maybe a write off, yeah. even if I'm lucky, you know? <laughs> use it on <laughs> you at work, Jill. <laughs> <laughs> and then I break it because of my hair. Oh, yeah, that's true. I wouldn't use them on you. <laughs> Next, we head outside. There really wasn't anything else left to pick in the house. We head outside to the garage to find some buried treasure. Stacked on the tables is a collection of vintage shelves. There is a mid-century tiered shadow box with the mirror back or a rattan corner shelf that's three tiers high or a set of three plastic mid-century shelves in bright mid-century colors. Kayla? I'm going to go with the first one, the shadow box. or Yeah, the mid-century shadow box. That's a good call. Those Those are really cool. I love those. I know, and they always look so great. Yes. Jill? You know, Sam, I just don't like you right now. I know. It's Wednesday. I made (laughs) you come here. Oh, man. I could use all three. (laughs) And I've been looking for two of them. Oh, I did not know that. (sighs) Freak me. People think I do this intentionally to make Jill suffer. Sometimes, yes. Not today. (laughs) I'm going to go with the rattan corner shelf. Good choice, good choice, good choice. I already regret it. <laughs> All right, last journey. Wait we, a minute. Oh, I didn't what did pick. You I'm sorry. Get? I'm sorry. Thanks, Jill. Thinking you can just pass it by. I am going to go with the plastic mid-century shelves because I love how like space age they look. I know. See, that's one of the things I am on my... And just so we'll, you can have, we'll split custody. We'll okay. just go back and forth. <laughs> I can't have things on the floor yet in my house. This is true. So... Somebody will try and climb it. All right. Last, we head to the shed. Nothing has been pulled out, and we're the only ones that seem to notice it's pickable because the doors are partly shut. But we all know everything's for sale in an estate sale. We dive in headfirst and pull out a large trunk that's hiding in the back. 
on the grass. We crack it open and all three of us almost pass out. <laughs> Inside, Uh-oh. the items are all in mint condition. It's a cedar chest after all. There is an original Sunny Bear in the package. Original packaging. A fat stack of Edward Mobley catalogs and Sun Rubber catalogs. <laughs> or... You got me already, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kayla. Or... Signed Ruth Newton work. Am I first? Yeah. Yes. And I'll get, I'll let you get it over with. I want stack catalogs, I think. Oh. I'm just I yeah. know. She was Shocked. quick on that. Quick on the draw. Shocked. I'm gonna go for yeah. the sunny bear. Oh, yeah. I think I have my little bitter squeak sunny bears somewhere in that uranium display behind me. I am going to go with the Ruth Newton work. Because I mean Oh, I don't have anything like that in my collection. I think it'd make a nice addition. Man, I thought you were going to go for the catalog. I was, you know how I am about paper I stuff. I know, that's but why Kayla, I But Kayla, I think, probably carries a knife. And if I tried to go <laughs> after those, um, I probably wouldn't be. I'm just going to look through them. We're going to sit over some tea and we're just going to look through them. Because I do, <laughs> yeah. I have to imagine that they're just incredible. Do you own any of the Edward Mobley like, catalogs or paper stuff? I don't have Edward Mobley ones. I have a lot of like, well, I mean, I don't have like yes and no. I have sun rubber catalogs. Oh, so very cool. I, ha- I have a good stack of those. Um, and then one of my favorite things is actually I have a lot of really cool old fold out posters too oh. that they would kind of like show like the, the store and stuff to pick out which ones. Um, but I have somebody's old like um, like catalogs that they're actually like checklist. So they would like the actual, like, this is Sunny Bear. It was five ounces and like, this is how much it cost. And like, wow. those are probably oh, those like are cool. my favorites. So yeah, no, that was like a Holy Grail thing. Like something I never thought I'd find. So yeah, I love yeah. those. Oh, that's so cool. Well, that yeah. was, I'm glad that wasn't as painful as I thought it was going to be for everybody. It was a little painful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kayla, Thank you so much for being on our darling little show today. I cannot wait to share you and your and your mom's and your sister's collections with the world. Can't wait to make it to Aurora one day and shop in your darling store. That sounds yes. just yes. Because I'm gonna head straight for so a kitschy the kitschy stuff. I know that's, that's where, where I'm we're after. going. <laughs> Thank yep. you so much. As always, stick Thank around you. for this week's prophecies, where we dive a little bit deeper into the items we talked about today with Kayla. I, Kayla came up on my radar early on. Well, pretty much when we had Kate on, Bitter Squeaks. Yeah. You know, Instagram kind of starts throwing you. I know. It's like, oh, you like that? Let me show you this. Yeah. So I started to get a lot of different like squeak and rubber face and all that kind of content coming my way. So it was, and I've always wondered, I'm like, how in the hell does she have a collection the size that she has at the age that she is? Well, okay. That's what blew my mind. Because she was film, she was in her room, mm-hmm. and I was just like looking at her. I'm like, wait a minute, aren't you 22? Right. Like, where are you finding this stuff? I know. That's what baffles me. Is like they're that she's that young and finds she found all of that. Mm-hmm. Well, because I don't think in like my entire time that I have been thrifting and antiquing, I don't. And granted, maybe I wasn't looking for them, but I don't remember seeing a lot of like rubber face toys here. No, and. Because we're in Salt Lake. I know. Today, doing this. We did it, guys. We're on our first business trip, guys. With the mothball prophecies. But, and I, so I took Sam to Savers. Oh. 
So if some of you don't know, I don't know if it's just a West Coast thing or anything, but I've always grown up with savers. And that was, well, that was my first time. I'd never been to a savers. Yeah, you've never heard of it. It's like a goodwill, but I feel like it's better. It was fantastic. And um, And overwhelming. Yeah, there's a lot. Like, because we looked through the toys Uh for this reason because of Kayla and Bitter Squeaks and and some it's like they it's like goodwill with the hodgepodge mm-hmm. bags but it's like three times more yeah <laughs> it was it was like the size of a decent sized grocery store mm-hmm. and like we walk in because we were pulling we'd driven down to salt lake we're in salt lake right now and we drove down and we're off the freeway getting like a couple blocks from the hotel and joe goes oh there's a savers just you want to go <laughs> and i was like yes so we just pull off get out of the car and thrifted and we were both i was like kind of overwhelmed we were done being in the car yeah the traffic was crazy and so it was nice and then we found some really good shit yeah we found like candles yes i found a lucite candle yes you did in a grab bag jill found the most darling halloween little ghosty tea like they're tea lights but ghosts they're like stupid little idiots. We found some cute stuff to send out to the Patreon. Yes. And we found some cute clothes. Yeah. Just all around. Speaking of new clothes, I bought pajamas for this trip. Do you ever buy an outfit for a trip? Uh, Well, not for this trip, but I have like, because I'm going to Albuquerque mm-hmm. and I've bought in several outfits for that trip yeah. because I don't know what I need. <laughs> yeah. Um, This was definitely not something I needed to buy. But I bought uh, skeleton pajamas. Well, okay. You kind of do need those. I do. Because Halloween's coming. Yeah. And it at our Target, I don't know if it's like everybody else's Target, but if you don't get it now, yeah, it will be you're gone. not getting it. It will be gone. And that's what, and this was like the last one in this size and I could have sized down. So I'm just going to have to have a spell check, take these in, I guess, at some point. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, it was, um, I am... Let's see, this comes out on Monday, and hopefully everything goes well at the expo. We'll report back yeah. on next week's Curio Corner. We will, because that's why we're here in Salt Lake. Yeah. For the oddities, we're here. Um, we're going to the Oddities and Curiosities Expo. We were invited by Scavenged Parts. Both of those are available on Instagram. Check them out. Mm-hmm. If you have the expo coming near you on their trek, I think they're ending on the very West Coast, like Portland and Seattle. Yeah. Please go check them out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, should we get into some of the things we talked Let's about do today? It. Because we this one we actually had a lot of things where it was like, ooh. Yeah. Oh, what's that? We had to choose. Well, and especially one of them was the Warner Brother Ranch. Which I've never So I know about Warner Brothers because I grew up in California for a little while, but I didn't know there was an actual ranch. And she was talking about they took a tour on it. That's right, for all the, the sets. Yeah. Um, so I found this off a of good old Wikipedia. Um, the Warner's Brother Ranch is located on 411 North Hollywood Way in Burbank, California, and was formerly called Columbia Ranch. And it was the backdrop for many of Columbia pictures, movies, and screens. Um, let's see. They list a bunch. So you can see the ranch in like Dennis the Menace, Bewitched, Gidget, I Dream a Genie, The Monkees. Uh, let's see. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. <gasps> WandaVision. Whoa. Yeah. So it was, it was used for a lot of things. Um, only the front facades of the houses are, and buildings were built. The interiors were always shot at other locations on the studios. 
the streets were constructed and arranged in such a way as to allow shooting at mo- multiple angles to create the illusion of a much larger area. Through the lot only spans across uh, about six city blocks. Oh. I mean, that's still big, but still. It always fascinates me, too, when you watch movies and then, like, the behind the scenes. And I was yeah. like, oh, wow. How, the, how they truly could make it look yeah. so... I mean... The thing that for always blew my mind growing up watching was, like, the interiors of sets, like, for yes. living rooms and stuff. Yes, like, the details. Yeah. Like, like, the little details, too. That's what always got me. Um, the ranch started in 1934 as a 40-acre plot purchased by Harry Cohen head of Columbia Pictures Corporation. The studio with its headquarters located at Sunset and Grower in Hollywood made numerous movies, but had to rent neighboring movie studios uh, backlots for outdoor shooting due to the lack of space on the Sunset lot. By the end of 1934, this problem was solved as Columbia had acquired a 40-acre lot in Burbank at the corner of Hollywood Way and Oak City or Oak Street on what is said to have been Burbank Motion Pictures. It was perf- it was a perfect movie ranch as it was still rural enough to be landscaped as the studio needed it to be. Columbia Pictures used the ranch as a backdrop for almost all their outdoor scenes, many series such as the original Batman, Superman, Captain Midnight, Blondie, and the Three Stooges were filmed on that lot. In the 1960s, the ranch was booming with business. Not only were movies being filmed on a regular basis, Columbia Television Division used the ranch to film these shows. But in 19, uh, the 1970s, there was a fire that destroyed about a quarter of the lot. And it was quickly rebuilt. I mean, because they were only using it for like the facades anyway. So it was like yeah. quick rebuild. Um, but then they had two additional fires. Um, destroyed much of the original ranch, including New York Street, Modern Street, and half of the Boston townhomes that they had built. Oh. Yeah. And then... Those see. damn California fires. Started early. In the mid-1972, Columbia and Warner Brothers studios combined forces to co- combat and financial troubles each encountered and merged under the name Burbank Studios. Thus, the ranch became a back back lot as warner brothers already had a massive back lot that's a lot of back lot that's baby got back, back. Lot. <laughs> damn it you beat me to that oh, one sorry we were both on the baby got back we lots were. train that's a lot of back it must be the back that answer <laughs> you a big fun movie won't you back that lot up <laughs> Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh, man. If there's anybody in these rooms next to us, they're probably like, what the, the fuck phone's going to go on? off and we're going to get to keep it down. Like, excuse me, ma'am. We're recording a very important podcast. Yeah, that's right, guys. In the 1990 or in 1990, Columbia Pictures moved its production facilities to the historic Metro Goldwyn Mayer lot in Culver City. As a result, Warner Brothers gained ownership of the lot and renamed it or Warner Ranch. The ranch, now containing additional sound stages, remains in use. Its permanent fountain in the park, built around 1935, was seen in the opening credits of Friends, as well as Hocus Pocus. Well, didn't she say like the fountain from Friends was in the lot? Yeah. 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 Wow. And then that blew my mind because I was like, and I thought that was in New York. Fucking Hollywood magic. This is why I have 
like issues mm-hmm. in life. Trusting. Trust speaking issues. of nothing. Speaking of places <laughs> you wouldn't think of <laughs> a show being filmed. The Sandlot was filmed in Utah in Salt Lake. Shut the front door. Yeah. All the filming locations you can still go to. Ten- <gasps> yeah. Like the Did baseball diamonds and stuff. Oh my gosh, my and husband and kids love yeah. that movie. I did not know that. Next time you guys are down here. I know, we're going to have to. Back um, on track. <laughs> no, that's an interesting tidbit. <laughs> the studio is also current headquarters of Warner Brothers Animation since 2007. On April 15, 2019, it was announced that Warner Brothers will sell the property to Worth real estate group and Stockbridge real estate fund as part of a larger real estate deal to be completed in 2023, uh, which will see the studio get ownership of the Burbank studios in time to mark its hundredth anniversary. Wow. It's a big birthday. That's I mean, you can't go wrong with a hundred. That's interesting. Yeah. I thought it was especially uh, also a little sad when I found out that the friend's Fountain is not really in New York. I know. Every time I find out about uh, just different bits of popular history like that, I'm always like, oh, You're like mm. so much for my imagination. I know. <laughs> so much for that. Um, another thing we covered that we've talked about a couple of times, and we've also talked to uh, just with our friends in general, right, mm-hmm. <clears throat> is um, like with rubber toys, specifically sun rubber. Mm-hmm. toys this actually comes from the barberton historical society's facebook page where they have a whole write-up oh, on sun rubbers <laughs> gonna use all the resources we can here folks i know um this is so it starts given our propensity for saving name stones in barberton i thought we would talk about sun rubber so sun rubber began in barberton in 1923 in a small building on fairview avenue and it belonged to the bankrupt avalon rubber company Hmm. sun rubber founded in april 4th 1923 first manufactured toy hot water bottles wait a minute toy hot water bottles to get your kids to like think drinking water was fun i don't know toy hot water bottles Sun moved, so they soon moved into production of rubber dolls and squeak toys. And by 1950, Sun Rubber, through multiple expansions of the plant, had become the largest producer of rubber dolls in the world. But another uh, interesting thing they're leaving out of that little bit is pre-World War II, almost all of the Sun Rubber products were like solid color. Oh. They didn't have all the different yeah. color variations yeah. to them. And another thing was like the older the machines got when they were molding the rubbers, sometimes there would be different discolorations on the oh, rubbers. Oh, yeah, I could see that. Through licensing agreements with companies like Gerber and Disney, Sun Rubber produced a line of Gerber doll babies and Disney crib and wheeled toys featuring Disney characters. There was uh, also they made floating soap dishes with Disney um, iconography and a bathtub and a full line of basketballs and footballs were also produced. When World War II began, the rubber imported by Sun for its toys was diverted, of course, into wartime effort. And they was converted into the making of gas masks and rubber protective clothing. Oh. Sun rubber dove into wartime production and even produced a Mickey Mouse gas mask for children who were caught up in the war. That's like sad and cute at the same it time. Makes me sad. Staffing at the Sun Rubber plant expanded from 500 to 1200 over three shifts during World War II. Many women worked in the plant during and after the war. 
1949, Sub Rubber, Sun Rubber was one of the first companies to produce a black baby doll, which was based on the radio show Amos and Andy. The Amos Andra doll was produced within a week of the on-air birth from the radio show. The Amos Andra doll was produced by noted doll artist Ruth E. Newton. The doll came with accessories such as baby bottle, gold embossed birth certificate, and predating the idea of Cabbage Patch dolls marketed with the birth certificate by 35 years. Hmm. In 1956, after 33 years in business, Sunrubber still employed over 700 workers. It was one of our Barberton's largest employers. Many people from Barberton had one or, or more family that worked at the Sun Rubber plant and their children all tell stories about how they were allowed to bring home toys that were seconds from the factory. Oh, that's cute. That's cool. By the 1960s, the company was having trouble with toy pirates from overseas, that's in parentheses or in quotes, who were dumping their products in the U.S. along with a difficult local labor market. In 1966, Sun had managed to refinance itself and was named, his name was changed to Sun Corporation. On June 19th, 1969, Sun was sold and became a subsidiary of Tally Industries, Inc. Sun had received a patent on a new rational rotational casting method by which toys were made. The introduction of the Sun Rubber Hippity Hops in the 1960s led to an increase in the employment in the 1960s. The hippity hop with the Disney characters' heads became a worldwide sensation, like the Beatles. I think I remember the hippity hop. I think hops. I do too. A strike lasting from December 5th, 1973 to March of 1974 doomed the plant and Sun was closed down. In the mid 1970s, BNC Industries took over the Sun River plant. The building was used to make steel wheels, closing down in 2007. Um, in July of 2010, Louis Bilinovich, of BNC Industries gave the Barberton Historical Society permission and they salvaged the sun rubber stone trim from the front of the building. Oh, that's cool. Wow. I, um, it's interesting when there's something that has that much history, like finding the straight and narrow path to mm -hmm. what it actually is. Um, there's a couple different articles. There was like one written in 1990 that covers the front and back of the Sun Rubber Company and all of the stuff they made because they made different stuff for the war effort. They had like the the face coverings and everything like that. But they also made like battery grommets and mask tubing and rubber bellows and oxygen masks and wow. um, rubber bonded to metal for like bullet sealing cell fittings, self-sealing fuel cells for airplanes and then all of the rubber athletic balls for troops in training camps and fighting zones. The plant operated 24 hours a day and employed about 900 workers. Right? Wow. Yeah. And yeah, because of that time, there was like no toys being made during the war. Yeah. Which is, this is an interesting bit that they have in here. This is one of the key reasons why 1940 to 1941 represents a significant dividing line when differentiating antiques from collectibles in the 1990s. Because of the war effort. Yeah. There was so much stuff that wasn't made over that time. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. And then it has information about the gas mask. Um, it was, let's see, the unit whose gas mask was shaped like Mickey Mouse head with a canned filter that featured a Mickey Mouse decal. About a thousand Mickey Mouse gas mask units were manufactured, many of which were given away to prominent politicians, including President Roosevelt, which I mean, yeah, that's helpful, guys. <laughs> Don't give them to politicians. Give them to people that actually oh, would need them. Lord. 
Um, yeah, they produced Mickey Mouse, Pluto, Donald Duck, Elmer Elephant, Snow White, and the Seven Dwarfs, Ferdinand the Bull. Um, but of course, with the war that stopped that. Um, of course, there's more and more and more to cover with it, but that was the most interesting stuff I could find about Sun Rubber. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, they start, you know, do to- like they did a bunch of stuff, which makes sense because mm-hmm. when you're a rubber company, all you're doing is pumping the rubber and molding it. So, I mean, right. It would make sense, like financially, to do more than just toys. But it's always, it, that was interesting to find out how much more than toys. Yeah. And then I always love to see it because we've seen it, you know, time and time again on the show of the stuff that was being manufactured during the wars and what happened to it, like what the war did mm-hmm. to that. Yeah. That's always, I mean, and it's understandable when that does happen because it's like, we're in war, guys. Right. There's other things we need to worry about. What else did we have? We, well, you know, speaking of toys, mm-hmm. one of the toys we talked about was dream pets. Which I can't remember what those are. So I, they're like the little stuff, like they're different little stuffed animals. So here, I'll show you. Oh. So, okay. I'm going to uh, kick myself because, where did I find it? There's a little deer with a hat. Oh my God. Guess who had that? Who? Jackie? Me. Oh, no, Jill. You and your damn beanie babies, too. I know. Hey, I'm holding out for those babies to come back. Anybody needs the princess die? These are like the first beanie babies. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, so they were line of stuffed toys in the form of animals made from velveteen and filled with willow sawdust. Um, again, I got this off of Wikipedia. Like from a willow tree? Yeah. I wonder if it's because Willow's antimicrobial. I don't know. Go ahead. I mean, that would make sense. (laughs) Or they just had a lot of them. It's true. I don't know. Either one. The original Dream Pets were manufactured in Japan in 1957 by toy designers Togachi, Mangi, and Tomi on behalf of R. Daikin and company. The manufacturer initially used the toys as packing material for a shipment of battery-operated toy trains ordered by Daikin, and the company president was quick to realize their potential. Like, I thought that was funny. Like, how are we going to pack these toy trains? Let's make little uh, stuffed animals. (laughs) Hey, I got a good idea. Do we have limited resources? No, not at all. Perfect. Let's make, let's get a bunch of people on sewing these tiny Somebody's sitting in the corner making little toys How out of How delightful like, would that be? <laughs> Open up your trains. Whoop. There's some toys. Aw, babies. By 1961, responsibility for the designs had been transferred to Daikin's own senior toy designer, Virginia Kemp. Dream pets were highly successful in the United States, and by the night, by 19. 19- 80, over 2,000 characters had been released. Whoa. Daikin merged with the um, the Aplus Toy Company in 1995. Aplus Toys reissued 24 of the original Dream Pits in 2004, but by late 2005, Daikin ceased to operate as an independent company, and the names Daikin and Dream Pits were purchased by retail chain Big Lots... By 2011, Big Lots had not produced any further Dream Pet Dream Pets, 
and later liquidated their remaining inventory. In 2014, the brand was acquired by Paige Jansen Nichols, who updated design and reestablished production of Dream Pets. Wow. Big lots. Yeah. Also, I hate my past self. It's okay. It's okay. Is it okay? Well. Because I feel like it's not. You just can't change it. (laughs) Well, that's true. (laughs) The other thing that I think is going to be mournful that a lot of people didn't hold on to is Bratz dolls. See, remember what I said about like the 90s and 2000s being the new 50s kids? Yes, and I hate that so much. It makes me so feel so damn old. So I missed the Bratz dolls extravaganza, but my cousins had, I swear to God, every Bratz doll. They had them all. Yeah. You would just go over and it was like all they would play. And I just remember being like, why are these Barbies so sexy? <laughs> Like I was just like, because they, you know, they're really were a caricature of a they person. were, and like their eyes and their lips were just like huge frosted. Yeah, that frosted look was totally nineties really, is what totally it was nineties. So this is from Wikipedia, and um, Bratz was first available in two thousand and one, um, and they were ten inch dolls, and they were released May twenty first, and their names were Yasmin, Chloe, Jade, and Sasha. They featured almond-shaped eyes adorned with eyeshadow, blush, and big glossy lips. Now, the eyeshadow was frosted. That's important to note. Uh, Shimmery. Yeah, you're not 90s unless it was frosted. (laughs) Nope. Nope, nope, nope. You're not. Um, They reached their success with the line of doll. And, of course, there was, like, spinoffs and shows and characters and web series and all that stuff. Video games. Um, Let's see. Uh, In 2005, global sales were $2 billion dollars what wait what and by 2006 Bratz had about 40 percent of the fashion doll market because um Bratz, like their slogan was what, what the fuck was it? hold on i'll get to it um yeah so they had 40 percent of the fashion doll market that's like t- is going straight into barbie's back pocket yeah um they had obviously provoked several controversies um from their proportions to their clothing to then the brand was like, well, we're just following pop culture trends. So sorry about it. <laughs> we, we don't know what you're talking about, guys. We're just doing what the kids want. <laughs> right. Okay. So when Bratz started, there's a little bit of controversy about the startup of it because the guy that had the idea for Bratz dolls worked for Mattel. Oh. And so he left Mattel... They were created by Carter Bryant, and he worked for, it was manufactured with MGA Entertainment, but Carter used to work with Mattel. Um, and because of this, that's where like the hiatuses for Bratz started to come in. So like in 2010, they had their first hiatus because Mattel was suing them. And then they came out with their 10-year anniversary doll. And then in 2013, there was another lawsuit. And then um, in 2013, MGA decided to completely overhaul the Bratz, the Bratz brand. And then in 2014, to try and get it back to its roots because it started to fall and flop. Um, but none of that product line was offered in the United States. So 2014 to 2016 is where they run into trouble as a company. Um, and due to the poor reception of the sales, they were discontinued in 2016. Because they, they were so different from the original dolls that came out in 2001 that people were no longer... Also, like, all of the people that were playing with them are now 15 years older. I mean, 
Yeah. So you've like the whole thing is different. But oddly enough, in June 2021 for their 20th anniversary, Bratz released near replicas of the first edition dolls. I, uh, yeah, this last year for funsies. And then there was, I loved that this was listed on Wikipedia because the, it has a controversies tab. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Let's find it here. Okay. Here's the controversies. So there was um, a parental group called Dads and Daughters, and they were outraged by the release of Bratz Secret Date Collection. The dolls were packaged with the Bratz girl in the right of half of the box, and neither Chloe, Yasmin, Jade, Megan, or Nevra, and matched with their mystery boy doll behind the door on the left. But the only clue as to what doll was in it was their shoes that poked out. All right? What? Yeah. So a window showing the the doll's feet would provide a clue to which boy's doll it was. Especially important in the quest for a rare Bryce doll. Bryce is apparently rare. Oh, Bryce was the one everybody Available wanted. in only one of every 24 boxes. What made Bryce so special, guys? I don't, I don't know. Maybe it looked like Nick Carter. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Justin Timberlake. The group complained that the doll sent a negative message and said they were forcing young girls to grow up too soon and allegedly promoting the idea of sneaking out of the house to go on blind dates with complete strangers. Oh, what a sad turn of events for dads and daughters to see what the internet did in the next 15 years. God, no kidding. Yeah, sorry about it, guys. Um, and they also took issues with the accessories that appeared to be, this made me laugh, they appeared to be champagne bottles and glasses. However, <laughs> the accessories were confirmed to be bottles of smoothies. <laughs> mom, it's just smoothies. That's that's what I used to when my mom would catch me. It's a smoothie, mom. So MGA held their guns and they, cause they, this group wanted them to remove them from the markets. They were like, no. So they renamed the secret date collection to blind date. Cause that makes it better. That makes it better. And then, yeah. Anyway, so it's, uh, and there's a long, much longer list of like legal issues and controversies. Yeah. And cause there was that one where like you got them wet and then like mm-hmm. their outfits underneath their clothes were revealed. Oh, that's right. Where it was like, Racy lingerie and yeah. stuff, and then I'm just like, they the were f- pretty. They were I mean, okay, well, and then also to be fair, at the same time, Mattel came out with the full ass pregnant Barbie with a magnetic belly. I do remember that. Yep. So I mean, what Bratz was teaching you how to play the field. I mean, really, this. I mean, we can't blame. We can't. We can't blame anybody for their actions if they had the Bratz doll. I mean, they're just following examples. I'll, just, I'll check in with my cousins and see how they're doing. <laughs> we'll see what's up. Find out if they took a, if they did a lot of um, secret dates and uh-huh. drank smoothies. Yeah. But that was, was that everybody we had? I think so. I mean, yeah. Yeah. We had a ball. Yeah, she was absolutely darling. Super darling. I can't wait. I mean, if your collection starts out this great, where does it go? I can't wait to see where it goes. I know. Like 20 years from now, what is she going to have? I don't know. A museum? She'll probably own the Lisa Frank establishment. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Anyways, to see all the things we talked about today um, with Miss Kayla Sunshine, be sure to visit our Instagram for all of those links. And right now, we would like to thank our very dear patrons. Yes. Katrina and Erica in Arizona. Gray in Colorado. Emily and Crystal in Nevada. Ruth in British Columbia. Ruby in Ohio. Erin in Wisconsin. RJ in Florida. Gina in South Carolina. Julia in Sweden. 
Jasmine in Kentucky, Kyla in Indiana, Javier, Shanna, Mandy, and Riley in California, Betty, Lisa, Aaron, TC Lino, Melissa, Christina, Becky, and Ashley in Idaho. Yes, and we want to give a gigantic thank you to our wonderful team, Gray, for making us sound so good. Putting up with so good. all of our shit. <laughs> and Spellcheck, thank you for always crossing our T's and dotting our I's and throwing the commas where they need to be. Yes, thank you for that. Appreciate that. <laughs> As always, we hope you find some good shit. And I hope you're remembering to look under the tables. Bye. See ya. See ya.